Hello, everyone, and welcome to the fourth episode of USAID Leads. I'm your guest host, Barbara Feinstein, of USAID's Bureau for Latin America and the Caribbean, and I'm thrilled to be hosting the fourth episode of the podcast, which is focused on the issue of supporting women and girls and why this is so critical to our development objectives. As usual, we'll first hear from Administrator Green on what he's been up to in the last few weeks. We'll then speak with Michelle Beckering, Senior Deputy Assistant Administrator of the Bureau for Economic Growth, Education and Environment, who also serves as the agency's Senior Coordinator for Gender Equality and Women's Empowerment. In addition, we'll hear from Neha Misra from Solar Sister, a women-driven venture supported by USAID. And to wrap up, we'll come back to the administrator with what's around the corner. Administrator Green, thank you so much for joining us once again for this, the fourth episode of USAID Leads. Great, good to be with you. Can't believe it's four episodes. Pretty incredible. In February, you traveled to the UK and Germany for a variety of USAID-related events. Can you tell us what some of your key takeaways were? Uh, sure. Uh, first off, it was uh, a, a very productive trip. It was action-packed. Uh, so the first stop in the trip was at the Africa Strategic Integration Conference in Germany, which was a chance to meet with uh, USAID uh, mission teams from Africa and the Middle East, but also their DOD counterparts. And so I had a chance to uh, share my vision, but what we're working on as an agency with those at DOD who uh, are very supportive, don't get to see it firsthand. So it was a great opportunity to share information and also to learn about the challenges that they see out in the field. We had a couple of days in, in Garmisch, gorgeous setting. It, it's funny to be talking about places like DRC when you're looking into the German Alps covered in the snow. But uh, no, I thought it was a very productive uh, session and uh, learned a lot from the team. Then we traveled to Munich for the Munich Security Conference, actually my third time at the Munich Security Conference. Uh, and at the conference, I had a chance to um, participate with the U.S. congressional delegation that Senator Graham led and also um, got to attend a number of events, including H.R. McMaster's presentation there. Probably the most valuable part of the trip, though, had a number of bilateral sessions, which is the real reason that you go to the Munich Security Conference, because a number of uh, governments send high-level officials. And so it was a chance for me, uh, for example, to meet with the National Security Advisor from Burma and express our grave concerns over the treatment of the Rohingya. Uh, I also had a chance to meet with leaders from Kosovo, a number of UN leaders and so it was a great opportunity to again share what we're working on but also to learn more about some of the challenges that we all see around the world and uh, as if that wasn't enough on the trip we went from Munich to London where we uh, met with our different counterparts. I had a chance to have uh, a great strategic dialogue with Penny Morton, the leader of DFID, and uh, we talked about issues ranging from tragically, sadly, and with some anger, what we've all seen, uh, the misconduct allegations, sexual misconduct allegations, involving not just uh, Oxfam, but a number of organizations, including the UN family. And so uh, Penny Morton and I talked about uh, the commitment that each of our agencies has to taking on these challenges. and and that's something that we're moving out on. On a brighter note, we talked about our shared interests in working on uh, challenges, uh, in particular in the Sahel region, 
And so uh, the uh, uh, minister and I plan to travel together to the Sahel region at some point, hopefully soon, take a look at the programming that each of us is involved in, but also look for ways to better coordinate so we can advance the goals that we all have, peace, stability, economic growth, youth empowerment in the Sahel region. So uh, it was a, a great trip in a lot of ways, really uh, feel as though we got a lot done. As we record this, Mr. Administrator, people around the world and indeed here at the agency are celebrating Women's History Month. Just recently, on International Women's Day, you welcomed Ivanka Trump to USAID headquarters here in the Ronald Reagan Building for an incredible event highlighting our efforts to empower women and girls. Let's listen to a clip. 1.7 billion women in low and middle income countries still do not own mobile phones. And the gap between men and women with access to the internet continues to widen. USAID's newest venture, Women's Connect, takes an innovative approach to bridging the persistent digital gender divide. Can you share with our listeners more about how USAID is tackling the issue of women's economic empowerment? Uh, yes, well, it, it, what I mentioned in the event that we did is we're taking on the challenge of uh, women's empowerment, the lack of women's empowerment in too many parts of the world for, for a couple of reasons. Number one, it's the right thing to do. Uh, it's a core part of our values, our belief in equal opportunity. But also, secondly, it's a smart thing to do from a development perspective. Every study that I've seen comes to the same conclusion. By empowering women, you accelerate a, a number of development outcomes, health, education, economic empowerment. So that's really how we approach all of this. And what we're in particular interested in in, in 2018 in terms of new initiatives is the women's gender digital divide. The fact that far fewer women than men have access, even the most basic access, uh, to the digital world. They lack mobile phones. They lack smartphones. And so uh, we launched the Women Connect Challenge, which is uh, an initiative in which we're reaching out, we're incentivizing ideas, proposals, initiatives that will help us all take on the digital divide for women. We launched it on International Women's Day, but it'll be in the coming months working with our partners and some of the ideas that are out there that I think we're going to see some progress. So uh, the, the challenge is a significant one. On the other hand, uh, my money is on the young women who've been coming forward showing the possibilities uh, that uh, emerge when women social entrepreneurs have uh, full participation in the digital economy. Thank you so much for that, sir, and for taking the time to speak again with us today. Next, we're going to take a deeper dive with our subject matter experts. Stay tuned. For our second segment, I'm joined by two guests who will help us dive deeper into development activities that support women and girls. Michelle Beckering, Senior Deputy Assistant Administrator of the Bureau for Economic Growth, Education and Environment, who also serves as the agency's Senior Coordinator for Gender Equality and Women's Empowerment, is with us, as is Neha Misra, one of the founders of Solar Sister, a woman-run entrepreneurial venture that operates in Sub-Saharan Africa, which USAID has supported. Michelle and Neha, welcome to USAID Leads. Great, thank you, Barbara. Thank you, uh, Barbara and Michelle. It's great to be with you here and to represent Whole Solar Sister Universe, uh, 3,000 Women Strong. Uh, so um, 
uh, just a bit of background about Solar Sister and why uh, we exist. We uh, recruit, train, and support women as Solar Sister entrepreneurs. Each Solar Sister gets connected to most cutting-edge technologies, whether it's uh, mobile charging solutions or mobile lighting solutions. So she, her family, and her community can have access and can really connect uh, and uh, live a more prosperous life. We also realize that technology itself is just not enough. We need to give women training. We need to give women digitally enabled training, uh, which means training on leadership, training on technology, training uh, on, um, on, on business. So far, uh, with our partnership uh, with the U.S. government, amongst many other fantastic uh, technology companies from uh, U.S., we uh, have built a network of 3,000 Solar Sister entrepreneurs who have reached 1 million people, and Solar Sisters are incredible. They are farmers, they are midwives, they are small uh, shop owners. They, uh, they are really bringing uh, change in the community and the world. Wow, that is so inspiring. Michelle, we know that women's economic empowerment and equality are important for achieving development results at a national level. Are there critical areas we can address that have impact on more than one sector? Again, Barbara, thanks for having us here today, and I am delighted uh, to be here with Niha, who is just such a pioneer and an inspiring leader uh, in this field. What we're really looking at right now is women's economic empowerment. We see this as not only important, but it is critical, as you said, to our development goals. You'll oftentimes hear USAID Administrator Green talking about when women do better, their countries do better, their communities do better, and their families do better. And we realize that this is because women, when they are economically empowered, when they are making money, they're investing it back in their families. And it has a multiplier effect. And so we're really concentrating our efforts on how we can help them in their goals to become entrepreneurs uh, in all these areas. And one of the specific things we've looked at this month is what role does technology play in women's economic empowerment? One of the things we've noted is that technology can really help us accelerate our development goals. It offers a lifeline to critical health services, opportunities for education, access to finance, basically services and opportunities that might have once been out of touch for many women. Um, however, we're concerned because when we look at the statistics, when we look at who has access to technology, who benefits from it, we actually see a digital gender divide. I was really blown away by a statistic I heard, which is today, 1.7 billion women in low and middle income countries still don't own basic mobile phones. And when we actually even look at who's accessing the internet, women access the internet much less than men, and in fact, that gap continues to increase. So we're concerned about this. But we also feel positive. We really think that we can use technology um, to advance gender equality, to advance women's empowerment, but specifically to unlock human potential. Michelle, you and Neha participated in an incredible event on International Women's Day where Ivanka Trump came to USAID headquarters to help shine a spotlight on a new challenge called Women Connect. Can you talk about what that event looked like for those who were not able to participate? Give us a sense of what it was like to be in the room. It was inspiring, and I'm not sure that's even a strong enough word. Um, First of all, it was on International Women's Day, and I always like to say in the women's empowerment and equality community, that's like our Super Bowl. Like <laughs> this is the day every year where we come together and we celebrate the achievements of women, of girls, 
Um, and, and so just imagine being in this room. You had all of these people from USAID and our colleagues uh, in the US government, and we were there to celebrate women like Neha who are making a difference. One of the things that made it so exciting is that we had uh, Administrator Green and advisor to the President Ivanka Trump really celebrating this with us and leading the cause and really getting us all thinking about what more we could do. And so we had this great opportunity to have um, women who are leaders in their field, like Neha and her colleague Esther from Uganda, as well as Anna Maria from Peru, uh, women who have actually used technology to transform their communities and countries. And it was a really great setup. So they were all linked in uh, from their home bases via a video teleconference. And it gave us an opportunity for Ms. Trump, for Administrator Green, for myself, to really ask them the questions. Here's a clip from the event. We are delighted to have you all here today and to really give us your best practices and your leadership uh, in this subject. So let me start out, if I may, with this. The theme of today's discussion is technology and connection. And so let me ask each of you this question. Think about what connection and access means to you. Tell us what it means because you're connected. What can you do? Anna Maria? Well, because I'm connected, I can learn and I can support other women to learn. Neha? Good morning and happy International Women's Day. Because I'm connected, I have the power to transform lives in my own hands. Esther? Hi everyone, because I'm connected, I can create more digital solutions for women. And what was really exciting about the event was, uh, you know, uh, as the Women Connect Challenge has been launched, really uh, support from, uh, uh, from the U.S. government and not just support the powerful ecosystem of uh, networks and partners and resources. A small boost can go a really, really long way. So between all of our works, even how far we have come so far, uh, that has played a big role. But I'm really excited that uh, and hope that the Women Connect Challenge can bring together people, resources, and ideas, and in a way which which is not narrowly looking at, uh, let's say, connectivity is let's just give everybody a mobile phone. But then we have to think about uh, uh, do they have electricity to charge that mobile phone? Do they have confidence that they can start businesses using mobile tools? Do they feel supported? Do women have other role models? So we have to bring all of these together. And that's what was really fantastic about yesterday's uh, event to hear remarks by all the panelists and uh, the other uh, uh, speakers who joined me as well. And I hope we can really build on this more. So for all of those listening around the world and wondering what they can do to promote women's empowerment, what advice would each of you give them? Is there something that we all can do today? Absolutely. And I think actually the possibilities are limitless. Um, I think Neha is such a great ambassador for Women Connect Challenge. We at USAID recognize that there is, as Neha pointed out, so much untapped potential in the world. There are so many ideas that are really yet to be realized. And the idea with Women Connect is we want solutions. So if you're listening to this podcast and you're thinking, you know, I know how to bring more women online, or I know how to use technology to, you know, provide more opportunities, this 
we want to hear from you. This is an actual active opportunity for you to submit those ideas to us and we hope to make them a reality. Mm -hmm. The second thing I would say is think about the young women you know in your life and think about the role of mentorship. I'm a big believer in mentorship. It is as simple as mentoring someone you know. Mm -hmm. If you're in your career, find someone who's younger than you and starting out and maybe they just need some advice. I really love what Michelle just said about mentors. I started Solar Sister with one of my very dear mentors and friend and role models, Catherine Lucy, who came from investment banking background, and Catherine grew up in Atlanta, and I grew up in New Delhi. So how women from very different worlds can come together and look uh, you know, at a problem and see that although our worlds are different, some of the challenges we have faced being the only woman in the room. So really uh, you know, connecting and coming together. And, and you know, I just want to emphasize how important uh, mentors are. And, and to your question, you know, what can people listening do? Uh, I would say that women entrepreneurs and change makers, uh, no matter wherever in the world you are, we are not unicorns. We exist. Mm. So please, uh, you know, uh, inclusion doesn't happen by accident. If people are more interested in the Women Connect Challenge, is there a specific place that they can go for more information? Absolutely. Um, first of all, I would um, encourage them to go right to our website. Uh, on the USAID website, there is a link to the Women Connect Challenge. And on there, you will find um, contact information uh, for our project manager. But you can also, through that site, you can apply, you can send us your ideas. And so we'd love to hear from you. Thank you both so much. On behalf of USAID and all of our listeners around the world, we found this conversation incredibly inspiring, and thank you for all that you do every day to empower women and girls around the world. Thank you for thank having you. us. Thank you, Barbara. And we're back with Administrator Green to hear more about what's around the corner. You've got quite a lot on your plate, as usual, in the coming months. Tell us more. You're right. Uh, we have a lot on our plate, but uh, all good things. Uh, first, in terms of travels, uh, I'm anticipating attending the Summit of the Americas, being part of the delegation that goes, uh, which will be in Peru. I've never been to Peru. I look forward to that. But it's also a chance to uh, meet with our partners with regard to the very important opportunities that we see in the Western Hemisphere. Um, you know, I place a very high priority in uh, in strengthening our assistance programs in Latin America in particular. Uh, first off, they're our southern neighbors, but secondly, it's a key part of advancing some of the outcomes that we want to see as an agency. Uh, you know, we believe in empowering women, we believe in tackling the problems faced by marginalized communities, and of course those are pressing issues in so many parts of the Western Hemisphere. So I'm excited about uh, going there, talking about the great work that our team is already doing and getting ideas for future programming. So uh, I look forward to that trip. I'm also anticipating uh, going to Asia. I'm very concerned about the plight of the Rohingya and other minorities in, in Asia. So it, uh, hopefully soon I'll be going to Burma and Bangladesh. You know, it's very important for um, the agency, myself and others, uh, to go and see things firsthand. Uh, you know, I get briefings, not that they're bad briefings, I get reports, not that they're bad reports, but you really can't replace having a chance to see things for yourself 
and meet with local leaders from the agency but also outside the agency. And so um, uh, I really want to learn more about the challenges that we're all reading about with respect to Burma, Bangladesh, Sri Lanka, and elsewhere in that part of the world. So that's also coming up soon. And then uh, there are also some interesting occasions that we'll be all, uh, all be marking. Early this summer is the 70th anniversary of the Marshall Plan. And the Marshall Plan in many ways is really the, the birth of USAID. You know, we, we point back to some years later, obviously, in the Kennedy administration, but the notion of American leadership in helping other countries to rise and to recover in the case of the Marshall Plan, of course, from the devastation of World War II, that really is what led to USAID. So we plan on taking a very visible role in marking the Marshall Plan. Uh, so we have that coming up as well as the 50th anniversary of the Tidewater uh, meeting, which was the big gathering of the Development Advisory Council, I believe it's called, uh, ourselves and our counterparts largely from Europe and we'll be talking about uh, progress that we've all made in the development sector, but also challenges that we see and looking for ways to better align, uh, better uh, cooperate and work together to uh, produce good outcomes. The last question for this episode comes from one of our colleagues, and it's regarding the budget hearings that we expect Yes, you those to are testify, coming up as well. <laughs> you to testify at later this month uh, and in the month of April. Patrick asks, what you specifically hope to accomplish and hope to communicate as you testify before Congress at the upcoming budget hearings? Well, I, I, I actually do look forward to the budget hearings. That may seem like a strange thing to say. Uh, to, uh, I look forward to meeting with the, uh, both the authorizing and the appropriating committees that affect USAID and our work, both sides of the, of the House. So uh, what I hope to do is to provide a progress report on the work that we've been doing as an agency since I was last up in the Hill, because I feel very good about uh, the great work that so many of our team members are doing around the world, and it's a chance to talk about that. Also, some topics that we've covered in these podcasts, uh, the redesign, our efforts to uh, pull together metrics and guiding our work. That's something that we look forward to talking to. And also an important part of my role is being a truth teller. So uh, while we are in a budget constrained environment and we openly admit that, I think it's very important that policymakers understand the challenges that we see. You know, we see unprecedented humanitarian needs around the world. And so it's important, I think, to go meet with Republicans and Democrats, listen to their questions, but also you know, to, to make them aware of, of the difficult working environment that we face in so many places, the humanitarian needs we see in so many places, and what we believe that we need to uh, effectively fulfill our mission and to do the great work that they expect of us and the great work that we want to do. So that's, that's what I hope to do at the sessions. We've been doing some briefings in anticipation, and um, there is almost universal praise for the caliber of our team and the work that they're doing. And so I, while it has its contentious moments, I really do look at reaching out to Congress as an opportunity to uh, reinforce a very important partnership for us. Thank you, and we wish you the best of luck with the budget hearings. Thank you, I may need it. important to all of us. <laughs>
I want to thank you once again for your time and for your insights. If you as listeners would like to suggest a topic for a future podcast or ask the administrator a question, we encourage you to visit the MyUSAID portal and send us your feedback by adding hashtag USAID leads to your post. For those outside of the agency, please feel free to tweet us at USAID or at USAID Mark Green. If you'd like to learn more about the work we do at USAID, please visit our website, usaid.gov. And remember to subscribe to USAID Leads on your favorite podcast app, leave a review, or comment or tell a friend about our new podcast.